Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by HP Plus. In a world full of smart devices, isn't it about time your printer got smart too? Now printing is smart with HP+. And the HP Smart app is how it all happens. You can print from your phone with just a tap, no matter where you are, even from your garage slash home office slash yoga studio. Huh, that is smart. HP+. Learn more about smart printing at hp.com slash smart. This episode is brought to you by PayPal. These days, choices are everywhere. Like, for instance, the milk in your coffee. Would you like it from a cow? A nut? A tree? Everyone wants options. And now your customers have a new option in the way they pay. With PayPal in person. Just generate your unique QR code in the PayPal app for them to scan. And start accepting PayPal in person today. Learn more at paypal.com slash US slash get QR code. Welcome to episode 187 of the Washed Up Emo podcast. I am Tom Mullen from washedupemo.com. Today, we welcome Alec Stoitziatis from Dogleg. They're an amazing band on Triple Crown and recently for the seventh annual Washed Up Emo Awards, which is only voted on by the fans, won multiple awards. And so I said, it's high time to find some quality time together to chat about the band, uh, their history up to this point. So if you're not familiar with them, they're from Detroit, Michigan, and they released a record called Melee last year on Triple Crown Records. One of the best new bands out there right now. So Dogleg and Alex of Words are worthy of your time. Thank you to all the Patreon supporters out there. If you want to help the podcast and this endeavor, head on over to patreon.com slash washedupemo. This is episode 187 of the Washed Up Emo podcast with Alec Stoitziatis from Dogleg. I will disintegrate, you'll make your mood I will fade out Any moment now I will disintegrate Don't worry, I'll take it out <laughs> That's sacrilege, I would never do no, such a I thing No, I know, I know <laughs> um, I was actually, I, t- I texted um, John Gaviglio like a second ago And I was like, dude, I'm getting Oh yeah I, I got Alex from Dogleck on He's like, awesome <laughs> Yeah Dude, I, I, um, it was so cool because we were playing a show with Bars of Gold 
And this was before we got signed and announced that we got signed or anything like that. And I got just a message from John being like, Hey, do you want to meet up at like a, at like a sandwich shop? And like, I can give you like all these posters that you can put around town and we can just talk music. And I'm like, that sounds, that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I was, Cause I was just like, this is, this is like the person that I look up to for like how to play guitar and like how to run a band and basically how to make music. And here he is just right in front of me, just sitting down, just talking shop. I'm like, Hey, we're both putting out records, I guess. That's pretty cool. And I'm like, yeah, I guess, I guess we are. And like the, the middle schooler in me was just like, Holy shit. How, how, the, how did this course of events happen? That is so crazy. awesome because <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, you, you might know this, but I worked at equal vision for a bit yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. and known them forever and known the label forever. And then got to, you know, hang with bear versus shark. And, and it was just one of those records that, you know, watching their performances and, and I, I was always frustrated is why didn't, why wasn't there more of a, of a, of a following? Like, I just, I just didn't understand it. Yeah. And the whole yeah. label didn't understand it. And, and I don't want to bring this up in a negative sense because it's amazing <laughs> when I started, you know, hearing about you guys and where you were from and like the bands you looked up to and to think that you guys were, you know, influenced by that. Then it made me feel better about us working till God knows when at night, working these things or pushing them on Warp Tour or whatever thing we were trying to do. Um, there right. were people out there listening. All right. Yeah, that, that's you... the thing is that it's we think it's kind of crazy because we totally saw that for sure. Like we saw how it's like people in the general sense kind of like respected them but at the same way kind of feared them in a way you know where it's like they didn't have just droves of people just like loving them and going crazy for them but the people who do know them just have just complete love for them and know exactly what's going on and that's kind of what we expected when we put out our album we were like you know i we aren't really expecting it a huge following but we're hoping that the people that do listen to it and do get it really love us and so it's interesting to see just like this huge wave of people that really seem to get the record and like it. And I'm just like, wow, like totally unexpected, like totally not what we thought was going to happen at all. Right. Right. And I feel like it's, it, it came from a place where in Bear vs. Shark, and I feel like you probably feel the same way of like, it came from this place where you just wanted to do it, to do it. And growing up in yeah. some of these towns and places that it, that's did that uh, you can yes you can easily say yes but like can you explain like mm -hmm. that feeling and just like we have to do this i feel like it, it was very homey like every single recording process that we've went through whether it was like just me alone and starting out everything or like melee where we were all basically like huddled in our garage or in our basement just trying to feel feel out what the best way to record each part of this song was going to be. It was always like, yes, like we are in the mode to make something that is really great, even though we're not like utilizing like the most high fidelity recording services. We're not like going to crazy studios. We're not paying off a bunch of people. We're, we're literally just gathered in our basement with a bunch of borrowed equipment, trying to make something that sounds like more than the sum of its parts. And in that whole process, it just really felt like we were just doing it to do it. We were not doing it for like 
any type of expectation whatsoever. And so that's why I'm so proud of the proud of this thing. And like, I'm so proud of how far we've come because like, like it's awesome to see all these people that, that, that get it. And it's, it's just crazy to see that like, they don't know the background to that. They don't know like, Hey, we spent all this time and over the summer, just trying to mix the hell out of this thing and really right. make it sound good from a, from a basement, you know? <laughs> so it's just crazy. It's crazy to see. What about finding out music early on for you? And uh, what what was that like in Detroit? What was it like? Was it family members? Was it friends? Um, So I had a really good friend. His name was Luke. And that was kind of my gateway into music in general. Like he, his dad played the drums and played guitar and had like a little really really tiny like quote-unquote recording studio in his house and we would go there and just kind of mess around we didn't really have like any plans or like any idea of what we were doing like we've never he he had uh like a bit of formal drum training i had nothing whatsoever so i was just (laughs) kind of messing around so from that, we played like a lot of rock band. And mind you, this was like before middle school. This was like elementary school era. Mm-hmm. So we played like a bunch of rock band. And that's kind of where we learned like rhythm and like how to play the drums and how to kind of put together a song. And we learned like our favorite song. Like my first favorite song probably was like Reptilia by The Strokes just because like it was on rock band one and it grabbed me and I was just like, wow, this is an intense performance. This is intense. The way he sings, the way it's all growly. And I just wanted to find more of that type of music. So kind of searched and searched and then more, more video games kind of influenced the way that I listened to music rather more than anything else, because uh, I would play uh, burnout three takedown. I think I made a tweet about this, but the game um, is so good. That, that soundtrack is one of the greatest soundtracks I've ever heard to any type of video game or any type of really like, like media, just because of just how perfectly curated all of the intense and emotional songs. I mean, like they had, they had MCR on there. They had a futures cut from Jimmy world. Like it it was awesome, but they also had some really, really deep cuts from like, like the English and UK hardcore bands. Like, Oh God, what what was the name of it? Um, uh, Oh man, I'm so forgetting it. Yes, that's it. Funeral for a friend. Exactly. They had funeral for a friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) They had funeral for a friend. They had from first to last, like they had so many bands that I was just like, I don't know who these guys are, but they sound amazing and I want more of it. So, from there, it was just like, as I got older, I would do like YouTube deep dives or just last FM dives and just find a bunch of bands. And that's how I stumbled across Bear vs. Shark was I was just doing a YouTube dive and I just saw the artwork for the first album. And it really struck me because I was like, this is like very like abstract and cool. I, I definitely want to check it out. And then uh, before I even listened to it, all the comments were like, this is, this is, a, I can't believe more people don't know about this. This is amazing. And the song was Kylie, and I was just like, this is kind of like a slower song. This is crazy. And then the chorus hit, and I was like, Jesus Christ, where has this been in my entire life? Like, where has this raw emotional power in music been? And so from there, I, like, found the whole albums and everything, and the rest is kind of history. I was just searching for something that just gave me that same kind of feeling of just, like, intense emotional outpouring. (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, the the idea that what year did you find Kylie? 
Oh, God. That was like... In the middle of middle school, I would say. So <laughs> you got to look at the calendar. I'm, I'm 23 now, so uh, probably you, I would have to see. Uh, maybe like 20, 2011, 2012-ish, probably. Maybe earlier. I don't know. It was around It was around the time when like Cloud Nothing's released Attack on Memory. That I remember that album also had a huge impact on me. And that was kind of the time when, like, I was really, really getting into, like, the post-hardcore indie scene of everything and just finding more and more of that music. So, like, probably, like, 2012, 2013-ish. So, finding that stuff, because a lot of times people on the podcast, they're in certain eras. You know, it was, sometimes it was a magazine and they had to have a leap of faith. Sometimes it was at the show and they saw a band open for you mm-hmm. in that search era, what what curation did you look for? Because that's why I think I'm still relevant um, personally, just because yeah. I think people still need someone to kind of show you the way. You can go definitely yeah. down a deep dive, which I do all the time. I'm like, oh my God, mm-hmm. I just found this band. Mm-hmm. And I found this band. But then you sometimes want to go back to center and say like, okay, where do I need to go? Or what's the, and you know, did you feel that when you were kind of like in those deep dives and finding things like what was it? What did it feel like? I know you told me you felt like when you heard Kylie, but what was it like sort of like going through the mess or going through the rest? Hmm. Yeah. Um, do you get what I, I mean? Think, yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. I think last FM definitely helped because they had that, yeah. um, that like similarity mm-hmm. feature where it's like, Oh, here's artists that you think that we think you'd like based on that. So like, from Bear vs. Shark, it was like, oh, Cap and Jazz is a top, like, similar band, and, like, Small Brown Bike is a top similar band. They're also from Michigan. Here's some local bands from Michigan that you would know, like Brave Bird or something like that. And I'm like, okay, like, and I listened to all of them, and I was like, yeah, these are definitely similar. They're different feels, but, like, they actually, like, get me closer to where I want to go with music, you know? Like, I get mm-hmm. it. And then... From there, I would just kind of look at, like, okay, what did the artists actually say of, like, their influences? Like, who do they know? Well, Bear vs. Shark would mention, like, Fugazi. Okay, so I go do a deep dive on Fugazi. Turns out now they're one of my favorite bands of all time, you know? Like, immediately found the respect that they had for them. MC5 was another band, and I'm like, shit, how have I never heard of this band before, you know? It's like... Like, they were literally in my backyard, except it was the 1970s, and I wasn't there. So, like, <laughs> here, here's Bear versus Shark to show me the way. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> what about, what about like, let's say you found Fugazi. And for me, it mm-hmm. might have been a song on a mixtape. Or I might have right. had one CD. I might have had Instrument. Or I might have had 13, probably had 13 songs. I probably had 13 songs, right. rather, not Instrument. Um Mm. And that's all I had. And it would just be repeat, repeat, repeat. Or I did that with other bands that makes me sound dated, but we won't do that. So for (laughs) you, if you said, okay, fuck, they said Fugazi, like, (sighs) what did you do first? And how did you, because I get overwhelmed when, even when I find out about you guys, I'm like, okay, fuck, I got to go to the 2016 release. And (laughs) and then you kind of get overwhelmed. Right, right, right. What did you do when, like, and and when you started diving in, was it 17 tabs open? Yeah, yeah. YouTube and Last FM were really like the major resources for me. Um, there was also uh, AbsolutePunk.net had like a free Music Friday thing, and I would always check it out. And anything that was tagged like indie or punk, I would check out. 
And that's how I found a great big pile of leaves. They had like their album was up for free for a little bit. So I found them and just like just anything that that was in that like indie punk realm. I was just like, all right, I'll check it out and I'll see what they have because the Internet will just let me have a taste of it. And if I really like it, I'll keep it. If I don't throw it out and just find something else, you know? <laughs> yeah. I love the things you're mentioning. Um, make me laugh because you were like my demo. Like I, when I was at EVR, <laughs> it was like we would count um, the positive and negative comments on an absolute punk post. So if we posted oh, like yeah. brand new Bear versus Shark song, we would count and be mm-hmm. like, oh, cool. 20 people thought it was cool. And like five people said it sucked. <laughs> and then we'd be like, damn it, it sucks. You know, because yeah. there wasn't that like, there wasn't as much like you couldn't tweet out. You couldn't, there wasn't as much, you know, information coming back to know what was going on. Um, right, right. So to know that you like found, like that's the, that at that time that was a huge discovery thing and i think f- mm-hmm. that they put those punk bands on there was a huge deal and that they listened to smaller labels for songs like that and it meant something and again it wasn't instant it's not like i knew that alex in michigan <laughs> was super into it but it, right. it, it it was like we we felt that those things were making a difference so for you to say ap.net you know, burnout, like you talked mm-hmm. about guitar hero and, and, and rock band stuff. Like that was, um, that was sort of like your curator. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think it's crazy because most games like before those like sports games and music specific games kind of always came with their own soundtracks. So it was like, okay, this song is good and I'll remember it from the game itself. But once they started putting like actual songs that people know in it, then it's like, wow, this song is good. I remember it from this game. Can I find more? Like that's yeah. the, that's the extra step that they really gave to it. Cause like, like every new burnout game had a new set of songs that I would just go and find out about, you know, like the sequel to burnout had like Finch and block party. And I was like, who's that? These songs are awesome. Let me go check them out. And then That's you would so just cool. find albums from there. It's it, it was such a cool tool, and and I <laughs> I wish that EA made better games now so that we could have more songs in there that are new and fresh that we could that you can find out about. You know, like I'm hoping for like the next skate skate game to have like more of a more of a newer flash on like things. You know, like new bands that are com- that are up and coming like. If it had like a pup song in it, then some kid who's like ten and is playing skate four will be like, "Holy shit, who is this band? Like, who? Like, what are they?" And right. just find out more about them, you know? Yeah, I agree. It's it's, and I think it's tough. I think the I think now people can play music during it. They're Twitch streaming, so they're going to be playing their right. own songs while they hear the audio right. while the music, like all that shit kind of happening and i love twitch i love i I know Corey from free throw is on twitch Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. bunch of dudes bunch of dudes you know yeah yeah dudes from nothing nowhere um so there's like there's a bunch of people that are doing that but it's like it 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 lost that it was almost like you you were forced uh which was sort of a interesting thing like sorry dude you're in the menu screen (laughs) welcome welcome to whatever song exactly (laughs) yeah I think the I think having like 
games come out now versus back then when Spotify didn't exist, it was like totally different because now it's like, all right, I'm going to put on my own soundtrack. And back then it's like, here's what we made for you. You know, it's like a special little gift. How about playing your music? How about playing, like playing, playing music yourself and, um, uh, finding that because it, it's kind of parallel. It's like, you're listening to music and finding out bands and now right. you want to play it yourself. What was that right. like? Um, so I, um, I used to do this thing called School of Rock, which is like mm-hmm. totally no, like yeah. yeah, yeah, like like a little camp thing. So uh, that's where I met uh, the bassist Chase and our guitarist Parker. And Parker used to play drums for us for a little bit. Um, he he's the one that recorded drums on Melee. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, since then he's. He's kind of like, I don't really want to play the drums anymore. I'd rather play guitar. I'm definitely more confident in my guitar. So we switched him over to guitar, and then we added uh, Jacob, who's our current drummer. And it was like a seamless transition. It was great. Super happy about that. Um, but um, going back to like the beginning of like when I used to play music, I was just kind of like, all right, like trying to learn like cool chords from all these bands that kind of existed because i'm like all right i'm trying to teach myself how to do this and teach uh, i didn't really take that many lessons mm-hmm. so i was like okay let me look at live videos and just see how their hands are holding the guitar and kind of learn from there like what to do and just kind of hear the sounds and like go from there as to like okay this is the chord that they're using now i can like kind of move it around and like make songs out of it a little bit um so that's kind of how I learned. I used to drum in a band in high school called Sleeping Pilots, and that was fun. It definitely kind of showed me where I wanted to go with music, though, because in that time, I was kind of like a punk drummer in a like blues rock band. It just didn't really make sense. <laughs> and I was just kind of like dragging the band to like faster and faster tempos and more and more like abstract stuff when the song like the main song writer was kind of like, all right, let's like take it down a little bit. Let's like make it a little slower and quieter. And I'm like, I don't got time for that. I really want really right. to jack up the speed. So from there, I was just kind of like, all right, I'm going to make my own set of songs. And so the first dog EP kind of happened from there. Cause I was just like, all right, I'll just mess around record with these two microphones and this audio box USB that I have and just see where it goes. I, I don't have any expectations or whatever. I just want to record it and put it online, and that's it. Nothing nothing special about it, you know? Tell the and story then from about there, the name of the band real quick. Uh, Broken Dogleg, the last song on the Bear vs. Shark record. I was like, Dogleg sounds like a cool name. I will uh, Google and see if anybody took it, and nobody did. So I was like, all right, I'll take it. And that's awesome yeah I just just kind of a tribute to them just because like like their playing style is so so unique and so cool to me and i've definitely like looked up to that and and saw that as like a as like a goal to achieve you know like if you're if you're playing in a band and you decide to just like hang from the rafters and like hang yourself upside down and continue to sing like I am going to be enthralled by that. You know, like that shit is cool to me. It's not corny. It's not stupid. It's cool as fuck. And, and it's in I your backyard. That, and it's in your backyard too. Yeah. You know, and it's same with like bands like at the drive-in and stuff. Like when I saw their live performance, I was like, holy shit. Like 
where are the bands that do that? You know, like there's bands that go hard and stuff like that, but very rarely do bands like go hard performance wise. And that just, that just took me by complete surprise when I saw them. And I was like, holy crap. Like, I love it. I love it. I love it. I want more of it. <laughs> that is awesome. No, I, I agree with you. The seeing Bear versus Shark and their performance. And then also I got to see at the drive in a bunch early, early on. Yeah. And then later. And just like, it was why I got into screamo which not yeah not the mid 2000s screamo like the the yep yep the yep. real shit like the classic stuff yeah that's what was so intriguing is that, like you guys are about to like combust inside of yourselves in the air and like disappear but your song yep. still stays together your band is just as it, and it's just like that level of tension uh yeah that that is my high yep i i completely agree that's why i super respect uh, those old screamo bands, like especially like screamo bands that kind of find that middle ground between like just flat out all out chaos and trying to like keep it like still having tension and still having like a quiet moment that they build up to. Like, God, uh, Indian Summer had that one song. Uh, it, it was Woolworm or Angry Sun or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the way that they play it, took me by complete surprise because everybody's like this is the greatest screamo album ever and me being a kid and finding it for the first time i was like screamo's just everybody yelling and then i heard this and i was like what this is this is like (laughs) this is like a trip this is like this is like a a journey this isn't just 100 all the time and by the way i still love going 100 all the time right and there's no problem with that but it's like it was just interesting to see like holy shit like they're building to a 100%. They're building a 150% basically, which is which is so cool to hear musically, you know? It's so cool to hear because most of the time it's either like it's either very soft all the time or it's very hard all the time and it's cool to see dynamicism in a genre that is constantly like told to the public that it's like, "Ah, oh, you know, it's just loud and yelling all the time it's like no not not necessarily you know there's some right. technique in there for sure yeah, no there, there there's yeah I, I agree so i would love how how the hell and this is my mission in washed up emo and i think it makes sense <laughs> how the fuck did you find that when if you did use the word emo and i want your thoughts on it is yeah. it, it was it was toward one thing or whatever kerrang or rock sound or whatever those guys were slinging how did you right how how did you av- avoid falling down? You you could have fallen down that hole. I love those bands. I love a lot of those bands. But how the fuck did right. you find I Hate Myself when that was what was being pushed towards <laughs> you? So um, the thing is, I was very into pop punk at a time, you know? And I was like, I was like very into that sound and I really liked that. And I was trying to grow up and like find new stuff. And from pop punk kind of transitioned to like, the bear vs shark like post hardcore side you know the post the post hardcore that isn't like 2000s post hardcore right. but you know like influenced by fugazi and shit so the real thing that kind of drove me to keep looking for those types of bands and keep like i guess respecting those types of bands and figuring out what emo really was was kind of like just being able to hear it without any like like any person telling you what it sounds like, you know, because like mm-hmm. here's here's Bear versus Shark, here's Cap and Jazz, two bands that not really many people 
commented on at the time of like when I found like 20, 2011, 2010, you know, like there was mm-hmm. no big like media outlets that are talking about them at all. You know, they were kind of other than washed up emo other than. Washed yeah, up yeah, emo. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> which I, which I did follow by the way, back then when it was like are 2013, you I was, you know, I'm not kidding. I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I was, I was following you from my personal account like a while ago. I remember that. But right, um, we're going to digress for a second. So how the fuck did you <laughs> find this? So, so you that did you just, find Twitter? Was it Twitter? Did I make fun of someone? No, no, you didn't was make it the fun podcast? of anyone. I think it was I think it was just the website and just like in my search for like okay, what is emo and like what is good emo, quote unquote, and like what is the real like definition of bands that are emo? Like definitely wash up emo came up, you know, it was like, like, cause like there was, there was no big media outlets covering it, but there were people that cared that were trying totally. to, that were trying to like figure out, like get to the bottom of like, okay, like what does this music actually mean? Like, what is this genre? You know, like wh- where did it come from? How did it become so popular in a different form? What was its origins? You know, so I was definitely trying to find, like, okay, what is the origins? Because, you know, everybody's calling Fallout Boy emo, you know? And I love Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy's great. Where did they get their influence from? Well, they came from hardcore bands. Okay, well, what other hardcore bands were there? Right. Well, you know, there's, like, all these other hardcore bands, but there's also a thing called post-hardcore. Well, what's post-hardcore? Well, you got to go check it out for yourself, but they got some roots in emo. Okay, well, now we're back to emo. How does that relate to Fallout Boy? Well, it's a completely different thing now that we're talking about. So it's right. like... You're constantly like going through this journey of like, okay, like what am I what am I trying to find here? So yeah, I I think that like just number one, being able to listen to it by yourself and not really have any like premonitions or anything of people telling you like, oh, Bear vs. Shark is an emo band. Bear vs. Shark is like is this one thing and one thing only, you know? It's like, no, they're whatever I'm going to think they're going to be. And what I think they are is fucking awesome. You know, it's like, I don't need to slap a label on it or anything. And then the second thing would be Last FM um, giving you related artists, you know, giving you like, like kind of like a sense of like, here's the community that they were um, influenced by and the community that they kind of put themselves in, you know, which isn't necessarily the same as like the the big all-time like fallout boys and yellow cards and what have you that people were pushing but it was like a more underground scene which was super interesting and which i wanted to find out more about which was cool and i guess the third thing would be commenters like people in the comments that are saying like who are these guys how do people not know these guys and people that are like this is the real shit you know like this is real emo or whatever they would say you know right because like that's kind of, that kind of definitely helped me because it would be like real people telling me like hey this is the stuff that you should be looking for you know instead of like like an article telling me like oh this is good and i would use articles sometimes just to find new music to listen to but it would be cool to see like a group of people that you could get involved with just right there in front of your face in the youtube comments just being like oh shit like this is a small little community of people that get it and that was even exacerbated when I went to a Braver Strike show, one of the reunion shows, and everybody in there knew the words. Everybody was all <laughs> like like arms around shoulders. They got it. They understood. And I was like 
20, 21. And all these people were like 30 to 30 to 40 right. year olds. And it was just like, who gives a fuck how old you are? You know, like you get it. You understand what's going on. You understand how to emotionally outpour yourself to this crazy fucking song. Like that's what matters. You know, it, it was just a, such a cool experience just to see like real people that understood rather than like by somebody yourself. just being like, yeah, rather than being by yourself and rather than being like, here's the people that like this song, you know? And the funny thing is, is that happened a lot for bands like MCR. And that was kind of why I kind of like didn't give them the chance that they deserved at the time, except for the song like um, I'm Not Okay, which was in Burnout. And I fucking mm-hmm. loved that song. But I didn't dig into them more because it was like so many people were like, oh, they're emo. They're this. So the only people that like them are wear all black and all this shit. And now I'm 23 and I'm like, fuck, fuck it. I wear all black. I think that's sick as fuck. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) And I finally sat down and I finally sat down and I listened to Three Cheers all the way, like not too long ago. Like, I think it was like a year ago by now. Like that was when I actually sat down and listened to it. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this shit is so good. Like, like, why didn't I just listen to it and not listen to what other people told me to, you know, like. This this shit is good, and I don't and I don't have to care what other people said. And nowadays they're doing retrospectives on like, oh, MCR was actually good. We were wrong, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, well, you know, like, why did why did we do that from the start? You know, if it was good the whole time, like, I think it's just silly. You know, it's just you just let it speak for itself. Let the music speak for itself. <laughs> it's I think it's hard, and this word itself, and it kind of brings up a couple things that I want to have your thoughts on is like the word itself has a connotation to it. No one wants to be associated with it. Um, right. Unless you're making money, unless you're DJing. Um, right. Right. And there's yeah, the, that, yeah. like the marketing about it. And yet uh, the, I think the, sometimes the, the fan, I mean, I remember, you know, if it was whatever the, whatever the main out like mainstream media, you know, if you say this word, there's a laugh, there's a giggle and it's actually serious and not a joke, but it's sort of marginalized and that doesn't happen with indie rock, um, punk, you know, punk, you don't just think, uh, blink 182, you think Ramones, you think. And so I think as the, everyone says it's, you know, they, uh, there's always, you know, uh, emo's not dead. It's back. It never left. Yeah. And I'm hoping yeah. over time it turns into the, it just sort of no people know that there's waves and even hearing you say like, we knew it was this, but then I look to this and hopefully over time that yeah. happens like punk. But for you, is it, does it feel weird that you had that association, um, that word associated with your band? Um, no, honestly, no. Like, the the thing with how i uh, how i wanted our band to be perceived i guess was basically like if you think it sounds like this that's fine you know right. that's that's i don't really care you know like i don't i don't want to force a label down somebody who lis- who's listening's throat you know because that goes that circles back to what i was saying earlier about like that happened to me with like MCR. Somebody said exactly what they were, and I'm like, okay, well, I have these these premonitions about it, so I'm just gonna not dig as far as I want to into it because somebody said they're they're pop punk or they're emo or they're whatever, you know? It's like mm-hmm. I want 
somebody to just listen to it. And then if they think it's emo, good. You know, if they think it's pop punk, that's fine. As long as it's, as they're categorizing it for themselves and not somebody else doing it for them. Because I, because I don't want that to happen. You know, I don't want to tell you what it is. I want you to listen to it and have your feelings happen for themselves. You know, it's, and also, I think from the <laughs> from the standpoint of you probably would love you would have loved the '90s because yeah. there there was a there was this sense of the show wasn't a scene. It the show right. was a community. The show was a moment, and if it was an acute, and I know this still happens, but if, if we're talking about emo and punk and post it was like emo band post-hardcore band metal band acoustic singer and then another hardcore band and yes i might have walked outside for one of the hardcore bands like all right i'm done (laughs) i don't i don't need to see brothers keeper i'm good i'll go outside and i'll come back in for whatever yes but that idea that it was that it wasn't it wasn't um it wasn't there wasn't a commodity to it yet it didn't it didn't turn yeah. into a marketing term and it was just no it's just this is kind of banned and yep. that's why i always think about like bands like you guys that come up and like i've always like watched up emo yes it says emo in the title but like i'm just more like underground punk hardcore you know you're screaming right. like your your aggression and you're not trying to sound like the radio that's when I'm on right. board and so hearing you guys hearing the sound and being like fuck i hear hardcore you know, yeah. I hear punk, yep. I hear, and it, it wasn't did. So again, I guess it goes back to that when you're coming up and having these, seeing those things happen where a sound becomes a big thing. Um, mm-hmm. was it hard to, was it hard to avoid or to not get bogged down into what was kind of happening in the moment? Does that make sense? I don't know if I over-explained it, but it's just like you guys coming up and having all these influences, then getting to hear everything, but wanting to do your mm-hmm. own thing. It seems like it's fucking noisy, just like my question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one thing that uh, I guess like it was more after we put shit out that would that would be like kind of the bogging down feeling, you know, it's like when we're, when we're recording and we're writing, we're in our own zone, you know, we are, we're not really, we're not really listening to like up and coming music. We're, We're not in tune too much with like what's new. We're focused on what we know and what we want to make. And like, that's on our minds a hundred percent of the time, basically. So by the time we're done, we're like, okay, here's what we have and here's what it is. And then people will tell us, Oh, this sounds like this. This sounds like that. I cannot tell you how many times we've gotten this just sounds like Joyce Manor really? over and over and over again after after we've released like Melee and like all the other records and I, and I would tell people straight up I've never heard a single song by them <laughs> like after the after the release of Melee and then I'd go and listen to them and I'd be like shit you know maybe they're right same with Title Fight to this day I still have not heard a single like Title Fight record like in full I've heard songs and I've liked them but I would never say like, oh, this sounds like us, you know, like I would be like, I kind of get it, but it's just interesting to see because it's just like, I don't really, I don't want to make something that's like happened before. I want to make something that I like, you know, I want to make something that I am proud of and that I I can show my influences on my sleeve, you know, and, and I want to make something that's just good, you know, and, and if it sounds like something else, then 
uh, okay, you know, all music basically sounds like something else, you know? It's, there's no there there's no way to not sound like something else except if you want to be completely abstract and then alienate everybody from your sound everybody. and then you, nobody's going to yeah then nobody's you know, going to listen to you i really like the way you said that because i i the you know the bands it's like you're kind of resetting me a little bit cuz you're right like you're putting this thing out and sure someone could listen to it and say it sounds like Joyce Manor or Title Fight yeah. and like I'm I I love right. some Joyce Manor songs. I never got into Title Fight. Like it's totally fine. And then, but people yeah. have their different their different paths where they go. But it exactly. is it is funny when you're like, I've never listened to that band, and you're telling me I sound like them. Um, yeah, maybe it's cosmic, maybe it's something else, but or yeah. it's just or it's just punk. Yeah, or it's just yeah. you, you know, know loud like, guitars or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. That's the thing is like, I see it the way I see it and the way I've kind of like, I don't know if come to terms with it is the right way to put it, but like the way <laughs> I've understood it. Right. it and, and you know, and you know, just, just to put it into context, I don't mind being like told that our, our band sounds like that at all. You know, like that's great. I, I hope we sound like a band you like, you know, yep. <laughs> like, yep. it doesn't, it doesn't matter. But, um, the way I've understood it is like that was people's gateways into this type of music you know like those bands were major entryway bands for people like joyce manor's first record was the record for some people and it was the one that people latched onto and were like this is what made me get into punk music this is a test of time classic you know mm-hmm. same with title fight for me it's bear versus sharks first album that's my record you know it's it's crash of rhinos is distal it's uh fugazi's 13 songs you know those are my test of time records and you know like it's 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 a different entryway but it doesn't it doesn't mean that one thing is necessarily bad if it sounds like those entryways you know it just means like that's where I came from, you know? I came from the modern baseball era or whatever, you know? Like, some people can say that. And I don't know... I, I've only listened to, like, one or two modern baseball baseball songs myself. Like, I just have a different way of entering it. But we're still in the same space. We're still making the same type of music. We're still at the same show. Yeah, exactly, you know? Right. And it's just, like, one of my least favorite things to hear about, like any type of music but especially ours is like this sounds like an artist i like i don't like this band you know it's like what what like what <laughs> what what if it sounds like something you like then just enjoy it you know like quit right. trying to like like gatekeep yourself you know it's like if this sounds like a band that you like just enjoy it and that's that's what i did when uh when I was super into The Strokes, I was like, oh, I found a billion bands that sounds like The Strokes because, you know, back in that time, in the 2000s in indie, everybody wanted to sound like The Strokes. And there's no problem with that. And all those bands, retrospectively, are really good. You know, they're good and they differentiate themselves from The Strokes in a lot of ways. But most people at the time listened to it and were just like, this just sounds like The Strokes. You know, right. this is this It was is like that surface so I, level... Like they listen yep. to one song and move on. And I, I talk yep. about that sometimes where there's fans of a song, album, and band. I'm yep. I'm definitely like a ride or die. Like I am just yep. like, if I'm in on a band, like I will really try if it's an album exactly. that it doesn't connect or something. So um, the way that you're describing that makes a ton yeah. of sense. And um, the Strokes thing is funny too, because uh, mm-hmm. I was in New York around that time. <laughs> I was I was your age. 
And oh, oh my yeah? god, I just said that on the podcast. Fuck, I'm old. <laughs> I promise you, Alex, I feel like I'm 25 still. I promise. <laughs> um, so, but that was playing, and I remember, you know, them playing shows, and there's this excitement, and then everyone's a copycat band, and then some things yep. pop out. Like you got to see Interpol, yep. you know, and then when you first heard that, you're like, oh shit, you know, this mm-hmm. is what's coming. So it was just kind of fun to watch those things pop up. One funny strokes right. thing is uh, they they played a secret show uh, in, at a club called Mercury Lounge uh, as the Shitty Beatles. Do you know oh, that wow. reference? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wayne's World. Uh, there's a movie Wayne's World, which is like a used to be an SNL skit, and they can't turn into oh, yeah, 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 Mike yeah. Myers and Dana Carvey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they go and see the Shitty Beatles. Um, ah. And, and that's it's pretty funny. Very, yeah, it's very funny. So I thought the Strokes doing that was great. Uh, but they, you know, that like you said, like they they hit up they they hit a chord, and everyone wanted to copy that chord. But then they were kind of doing their own yep. thing on top of it, which was the scene. And I think you being yeah. open to hearing those different sounds, and you're like you said, not just saying, "Oh, that sounds like the Strokes. I don't like it." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I, f- I see a lot of parallels with that kind of time period and like the current emo crop you know or it's like like yes there there are bands that do blatantly kind of copy other bands so what you know like it's they're just they're all making music and the other thing is is that all those bands in the 2000s they were like pushed by labels and stuff like that you know like they were way bigger than any of these like small bands that are literally started in basements just trying to sound like other bands that they like, you know, I feel like it's just kind of silly just to be like, those bands aren't good. They're not good. And it's like, you know, this has been done before time and time again through years and years of music history is a a musical act comes up and everybody wants to sound like them, you know, like that's just the inevitability of music itself. So like ride with the flow. If you love that type of sound, (laughs) go for it. If you don't like it, go listen to something else. Yeah. It's, it's almost like we're, I think I feel really lucky because I thought as a term and a genre and a feeling that emo would kind of like when I was doing the website, when I first started, no one had articles about sunny day real estate. No one had articles and I was writing about them or I was writing about Elliot and these things. And, and Mm, yes, there's now a bigger internet and there's YouTube and wiki and all these things. But back then, you know, I, one of the first, the first line on my website, when I made it on Blogspot, it was like, uh, if you search, e- I searched emo on the internet and nothing came up. That was the line. Yep. And yep. now, obviously, you're exposed and you're able to experience it. But I think from a from a standpoint, it's 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 great that we're in this time because bands yeah. are saying, "I love Bear vs. Shark," which makes my fucking day. Yeah. Or other yeah. bands <laughs> saying like, "I love, I know Fugazi," or and that that tells me that it's that it's working and for that's i guess the biggest thing that offends me is someone says emo is dead or emo is back it's neither. Right. it never left yeah yeah that and that's the thing is like i think it is kind of the fault of age sometimes you know because mm-hmm. when i was when i was recording the first ep there was no community that I was a part of. There was nothing that I knew. Everything was kind of online. And even then, Twitter wasn't really a big spot for like all the DIY kids to really like go and congregate and talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. I was literally thinking I was just going to throw this out into a void. And we'll see if like 
people like it, you know? Wow. From there, I went to college, and then it was like, okay, I learned about Metal Frat. I learned about, like... The bands from the bands from Metal Frat, like Brave Bird, like Pretty Pity Sex, like all those mm-hmm. all those bands that were kind of like small but had a following. And from there, as I got older, I was like, okay, there is a community that does exist. You know, there is pe- there are people that are there to help foster this type of community and make shows happen. But I just don't know it exists because I'm literally 16 years old. You know, like I'm I don't I don't know anybody. And so as I was like 17 and 18. And then I came around to, like, actually helping to run shows and actually helping to, like, do some of the, like, actual legwork of stuff. I was like, okay, like, I get it. I I get where to, like, find this stuff now, but it's more, like, second nature to me now. Like, I, I had to work to find it. It wasn't just like, oh, you know, like, you can go on Twitter and find any DIY band you want to talk to and now you're friends. It's like, right. no. That didn't exist. You you had to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who was a part of this group, and then you could f- kind of find your way in there. And I think it's really cool now that people uh, all around the world, anywhere they want, can go on Twitter and find a community, because I would have loved that <laughs> when I was in college and when I was in, like, end of high school, just trying to find, like, hey, who are some friends that I could go to, like, shows to, like... Who are who are some friends I could go to the the world is show you know like I'm just gonna go alone I guess you know because I don't really know that many people but in college it's like okay or it's a secret club you know and the only way to know when the shows are happening is if you know a guy and it's like right no now we can just be like okay here's when the next show is happening come through come hang you know and it's like. I All wish right, you now were, I, know. <laughs> I wish you were in high school when I was in college. I would play I I did the college radio station in college and I was play mm-hmm. records and high school kids would call up. And Oh nice. And they would I would play I actually played Newfound Glory really early on cuz the only reason I bought it <laughs> is because he was in nice. Shy Halud. I love Shy oh, Halud yeah. and I was like, "Well, of course I'm going to check out his new band." And I remember mm-hmm, playing mm-hmm. it and these kids called up and they're like, "We want to go to the show." And this is illegal now, but I went and picked <sighs> them up. Like I literally went to their house and was like, let's go to the show and brought them home. And no I way. Still, I, yeah. I still talk to them. Like a bunch of the people that I used to pick up in high school that listened to my radio show and we would go nice. to shows and that's, that's probably illegal. Like you can't like yeah. someone get, you, you definitely get pulled over for that now. But that, yeah. that was like, they were searching like you were searching and they right. were searching the dial and you were, you know, you didn't have even a search um, a place to do that so um, it's, yeah. it's interesting to hear your search is just like those guys were yeah exactly yeah it's it wasn't really like the easiest thing to find yeah. but i knew it existed somewhere you know like it was somewhere i just needed to find the right people and luckily enough somebody from metal frat like found the record that found the ep that i put out and they were like this is this is cool you want to hang out and i'm like that's awesome, you know. Like I'm, I'm glad somebody <laughs> reached out to me, but like, you know, it's it's not every day that that would just happen for anybody who like is just somebody that just wants to find the scene, you know. And so I'm really, really, really happy about how it's kind of evolved to like, okay, now everybody knows where to go, yeah. and anybody who wants to be involved can just kind of like hop in and join, and that's right. cool. It's, that's it kind of like cool. leveled it. It leveled the playing field a little bit. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So how how's it been how's it been 
with um with the new record and i think it's just i mean i'll bring up that you know i do a yearly washed up emo awards seventh annual Mm -hmm. yeah and i don't i don't vote i just say pick a band i don't tell them i don't have pick by number there's no editors there's no writers it's the fans and you guys dominated yeah (laughs) was that was that pretty nuts or were you like oh fuck emo awards we won please that, be honest that that was very nuts um <laughs> i i am whenever i talk to my friends about like what's going on with the band like they're always like you guys are getting like boosted everywhere it's really cool it's really awesome and a lot of the times i'm like well you know like the only real boost that we got that wasn't like almost a little bit backhanded was like pitchfork you know like they gave us the best new music they gave us the high score that's great that's awesome totally unexpected but like other kind of review sites were like ah we didn't put them on our year end list it wasn't that good it was blah 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 whatever but the cool thing was like all of the fans that were on twitter and in comments that were talking about us and i was like that's that's awesome like that's way cooler than like than like a critic saying we're cool you know and not no disrespect to like no disrespect to Ian or any other critic that like has boosted us and right. and helped us get to where we are, but like it's cooler to see that like the fans are like, yeah, we get it. Pitchfork got it right, or like whatever they would say. You know, it's like it just feels very homegrown and like very like I guess natural for us because that's normally how we would get fans is from people talking about us. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't, we never had people boost us before. We would just play a as many shows as we could and play as as good as we could so that people could that could see us could be like holy shit who are these guys you know and in a time where we can't play any shows at all it's really cool to see people just kind of being like ride or die for the album online and just being like yeah this band's awesome and just kind of sharing it around with word of mouth over twitter that's that's super awesome so when we saw all the all the emo award stuff i was like wow that's that's so cool like i'm so glad that it's the it's the it's the fans that get it, you know. It's the fans, and and that's the cool thing is because like we didn't get on some year end lists for like the critics polls, but we did get on it for like reader polls. So we're like, yeah, like we're big with the fans, and that's what matters, you know, is that the people like it. And so right. I, I'm I'm really I'm really happy about that. I'm really proud about that. I'm really excited that people get it. You know, like I didn't, I never would have guessed that people would have gotten in a million years. Cause like I said before, like we were expecting like a bear versus shark treatment where it was like, male, you know, we might not get the respect now, but maybe in like 10, 15 years, somebody will stumble upon it and be like, this is, this is awesome. This rocks. Mm-hmm. We don't expect it, but it's like, people seem to have got it right off the bat. So we're like, damn, like we're extremely grateful for it like just 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 completely in awe anytime somebody's on twitter it is like yo just found this band they're super cool and i'm just like wow thanks <laughs> you know that's awesome that's awesome well i think it i love that you say that and i agree with you that you know and these these reviews and things those those are great and those are bumps as you said but right it, that it's it's a bump it's it's not this like sustained thing and there's a lot of times where people like gravitate to that and they think they've made it i remember this is a 
Equal Vision story, which again, I remember mm-hmm, these bands mm-hmm. thinking that they were like, oh, well, we got the same stuff Circa Survive got, so we're we're good to go. And we were like, no. <laughs> Uh, you yeah, didn't write no. Juturna. Um, you yeah, didn't, no. You, <laughs> you're not Anthony yeah. Green and fucking Brendan and all those dudes together. Like you did. So it was this sort of uh, you get these certain things and then you kind of rest. And I'm always like, man, right. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta still press the pavement and and figure out yep. what's next. And so your thoughts around like, yeah, that's great to get the score, but you almost had a different score. Um, and that, 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 that doesn't happen with one voice that happens with like the, again, back to the community. Right. Yeah. And the, the other thing is, is like, sometimes those good reviews kind of serve as like a negative for some bands, you know, where it's like, oh, this is just a pitchfork band. Like they got a high score, but they don't deserve it. Like, and then the, the crowd reaction will usually be like a, no, you know, this, this band isn't that good. You know, it, 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 they're, they're just, they're just being touted by this, uh, by this, uh, site. Like, it's not like they actually have any talent or anything. And that is the one thing I never want to hear about our band because like, right as we got the score, we're like, all right, we're practicing right now. Like we are going to kick it into high gear so that whenever shows come back, we're going to show them that this, this record may have been like a eight point whatever, but our performance is going to be a 12, you know, like our performance is what matters and that's what sells people for sure. And that's what we put our all into. And not to say that we don't put our all into the songs, but like, like we are not letting up just because, Oh, you know, they said something nice about us, you know, like, and like, again, props to Ian, props to the people that get it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, and appreciate it. Could not thank them anymore. But that doesn't mean we're stopping anytime soon. We're just looking at, like, all right, how can we make the next record even bigger and better? You know, like, how can we make the performances even bigger and better and live up to the hype that's going on when things come back and we can actually play live in front of people's faces, you know? How can we how can we melt their faces basically, <laughs> you know? Like it's it's <laughs> totally. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. That's the the idea of kind of slowing down and sitting back is just not in any of our heads like at all. Like that's just that's just not how we operate because like every single ounce of success that we've gotten has been through working our working our ass off and so we're like, all right, if this is if this is where we're getting because we're going crazy, we're gonna keep going crazy. You know, we're gonna keep making it happen. I love that. I want to say uh, John wrote some funny stuff that I want to tell you without any editing. Um, <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm talking to Alex. And he's like, cool. Um, uh, that's so awesome. They're good dudes. Hey, tell him I want our royalties for the name use. Okay, I did that. <laughs> and he said, God damn it. <laughs> and this is everybody listening. This is John Gaviglio from Bear vs. Shark and Bars of Gold. I'm also a huge Detroit Pistons fan, so whenever the Celtics, my Celtics beat his Pistons, I always like to text him. Um, and uh-huh. or, um, and then I said, and then he goes, Alex is such a nice guy. We played with him once. Um, yeah. Make sure you emphasize how much he personally owes me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then, frankly, I'm surprised how big they've gotten in a good way. Good things happen to good people. And then he yeah. goes, oh, wait, are you interviewing him right now? Whoops, sorry. <laughs> Oh, that's what he said. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, I honestly like, like, 
John is so cool. Like like that again, I will never forget that little get together that we had at that sandwich shop. Like that that was just one of the nicest things. And those little things in music where like those big people that you look up to are so nice to you, like that sticks with me for sure. I had a similar experience with uh with uh um what band was it? Uh Great Big Pile of Leaves where I I DM'd them on Twitter. I was like, "Hey, I, uh, it's a sold out show. Is there any way I can get in?" Like I'd I'd love to I'd love to like buy you guys a shirt or something if like if if there's any way I could get in. So they put me on the guest list and then I came in and like I bought like a bunch of their merch to like make up for not being able to buy a ticket and everything and they were so nice about it. Like it was just so cool that they like just did that just just for some random person like me. And I was just like, you know what? What if I have ever in a band, that is how I want to operate, you know? That is how I want to treat any fan you know because it's a privilege for them to come and see us you know like that's 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 (laughs) that's just so cool and it's just crazy to me because i i totally do look up to john for sure and uh i i was hoping i wouldn't get asked about royalties or anything like that on the on the band name but (laughs) no looks like we're gonna have to looks like we're gonna have to pay back or something (laughs) no he's fucking with you no but that's i know but you saying that, and that's what I picked up on when I would watch Fugazi or when I would watch people at shows yep. and the and the people that I watched treat me. You know, I was a, a dumb college kid and a band mm-hmm. put me on a list and I got to stumble through 45 minutes of interviews and it's the worst <laughs> thing that no one will ever hear. But now right. I interview people from for fun and it's turned into, you know, and I'm and so those things of you doing that and picking up on that. Um, it's amazing. And, and I, you know, there's, there's going to be someone that you meet along the way. You might not even realize it, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like the, like it's weird to be put in that type of position because like, I don't, (laughs) especially with how all of the success that like the album has gotten online, like it just doesn't feel like a real like situation, you know, like it doesn't feel like, like it's like. Like oh you're a super popular band now it's like no I don't feel like that I'm sitting at home in my bed you know I'm not <laughs> I'm not really doing anything I'm bored you know talking to like, washed up emo like seriously <laughs> no 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 but like <laughs> but like it's it just the the fact that this virus is going on and the, is that like the fact that we can't see people like face to face and like see how they react and like talk to them and be able to like interact with them and everything. It's weird. It's, it's different. It it doesn't like, it doesn't really show me like, Oh, you've made it. You know, you did it. You, you're, you're big and popular. And I was like, I don't feel like that at all. You know, <laughs> like I feel like I can just talk to anybody and I pretty, I'm pretty sure I'll always feel that way. Like whether it's a fan or it's just like somebody that like, really likes us and sends us a nice note and it's like that's that's cool i'll rep- i'll reply to him it's not like like i feel like oh i'm 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 too popular and have too much time to do that right now you know it's like <laughs> no i'm going to talk to everybody and it's going to be cool but yeah like every time i think of like somebody that messages us i'm like you know this could be me you know this could be like where i was and maybe they maybe they grow up and like they make a band that's really cool and and they do it, you know, they go and make cool music and you want to respect them. You want to respect anybody that is coming to listen to what you have to made, have to make, you know? That's yeah. And I, I, I think awesome. your, 
you're you're the way that you're describing this you know it's it's almost like i i wish i could carbon copy you and i know that people will and it, that's why i mean i talked about emo surviving i think it's this idea and ethos that wherever you came wherever you kind of put together and you're learning about it here's here's some tools and here's here's on how to sort of indulge in this and right. it's for you and it's okay. And maybe they are in a school and they can't find anybody that's down with stuff or they're not, right. or they're in a situation where shit is bad. Um, right. And they're able to be in a space where there's other people that they can connect with. I mean, it was weird in high school. Like I was, this is before, I mean, again, grandpa talking here, we, you know, <laughs> it was like going to the show. I was like, the kids in my high school were like, what do you mean? You know, people from that town. Like, right, and I was like, yeah. well, I met him at the show and it was so foreign. And I yeah. think that you feeling that way now, it's almost like you're you're on this island and your your people are you know about the band, but you've never met them. And mm-hmm. it's like it, I, I feel like you guys it's yeah, what a weird time <laughs> to have a record and this happen and you aren't able to do two nights at Bowery, you know, or, yeah, or whatever exactly. the venue is, you know? Yeah, it's it's like it's just weird. And it's weird because like again, like all of the all the fans that we've ever gotten were from playing in front of people. It wasn't from like massive online promotions or anything like that. We had right. no idea how to use Twitter or anything like that. We had to learn how to use Twitter and Twitch and all that stuff for this year specifically. Like before then we were just kind of like all right, fuck it, like, maybe we could post on Twitter, like, a meme or something, you know? It could be funny. But nowhere near as much interaction as we're doing right now because we have to do that to actually survive as a band. And so it's just it's just weird. It's just different. It, it, it's just not, like, any of our nature because we're, very, we're all very, like, like, proactive in terms of, like, trying to get and play shows and always have been. And... Like even when we were we were younger, like like just starting out, like friends would tell us like you shouldn't play that much in this area, you know, like you you should only play like once a month in Detroit, and we're like playing once every week, and we're like, well, if we play more shows, more people are gonna see us, whether you like it or not, and it helped, you know, it was it was good, but but uh, it, we definitely like tried to make that happen as much as possible. So now that we can't, it's like shoot, like. How do we keep going? How do we keep doing stuff? Keep people engaged, and I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> we're just hoping that things can get better soon, so we can we can do that because we we've done online stuff, but it's it's totally not the same. You know, it's not it's not the same as being there. You know, you guys seem to have gotten a lot of those people, not just myself, but others, to kind of say like, "This is fucking cool," and they don't really talk about bands or that much. Did you feel that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, That's awesome. It, it definitely felt like, like especially the Pitchfork review, that felt like super special because a lot of people were saying specifically about that, like, this is this is crazy for an emo or an emo adjacent record. And I was like, I was proud of that. I was like, dang, like we did it, you know, like we yeah. did, it. we we kind of made it. That's crazy. Like, like there's a bunch of records that they didn't give that type of scores to that I would, you know, but that's, that's awesome that we got it. Like I would have never guessed that in a long time. <laughs> I would have never dreamed that. Like, I, like, I've like, obviously it's like, ah, oh, you know, I hope that happens, but it's like, 
never would have saw that as a reality. Just, right. just so every day I'm always like, how the fuck did we do that? <laughs> how do we pull that off? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I hope you guys, you know, I know that one day people wear masks and not fucking storm the Capitol. Um, yeah, and we'll, yeah. I we'll hope, be back I hope at that, it. that happens too. <laughs> so funny that John texted me back um, yeah. during that. That was so fucking nuts. Yeah, that's um, so cool. They were so much fun. I'm just saying, like, you, like, when people ask me, they're like, what band did you wish became big that you worked? And it's always Bear vs. Shark. Yep. 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 I, I'm, a, yeah. I, I felt the same when I found them. I was like, how the fuck don't people like just know about them? You know, know why if it felt like a Michigan secret, you know, you know what happened is I think equal vision and I'll, and I'll, I won't bore you too much, but like equal vision at the time was such a hardcore label. And we had had another band called the snake, the cross, the crown. And if you haven't heard Mm. them, um, they're fucking brilliant. And it's, I always Mm -hmm. say bear versus shark and the snake, the cross, the crown, their second, uh, Sync Cross Crown record is like monumental. It, it if it was on Sub Pop, it would be as mm-hmm. big as Wilco. That's how that's how oh, fucking wow. great this thing is. So if anything, go check that out, and then you're gonna tell me like that's the I let me know what you think of that record. But uh, the same yeah. thing with Bear vs Shark, where I think because of the timing, and it was oh seven, oh six, oh five, right. like that was that was that wasn't their time. It was. Like I feel like mm. if they came out during the revival, it would have been fucking over. Like if oh, I yeah. feel like they were a little bit before they were after the nineties, but before the revival, they just happened to be stuck in that era when you needed to wear yeah. a white belt and tight pants. Yeah, they were definitely yeah, they were definitely in like this interesting transitional period. Which is what made them so cool. You know, it's what made them so interesting is that it's like like it was literally like oh three or so or oh four or whatever. Oh four, right. And it was and it was like like the the things that were happening in oh four were like, you know, pop punk was kind of on the rise, you know? Like it wasn't it was kind of like transitioning to that like like mall core type stuff, you know? Like it was or at least like getting ready for it, you yep. know? So here comes this crazy, like hardcore weird adjacent, thing. like weird <laughs> fucking band, <laughs> to fucking kick your teeth in, basically. And it's like, what, what, what? Who are these guys? This is so cool. So yeah, I feel yeah, I, I just feel like the focus was like really shifting towards like you know, let's something more produced, something more like like of a pop angle for right. some reason. And, and like that, they were definitely not like going for a pop angle in any respect, you know. They had their own idea right. of what they wanted to do. I even had the dates wrong. It was oh three that that first record came oh, out, wow. and Terrorhawk was oh yeah. five. For some reason, I thought it was oh seven. No, you're right. It's oh five. So, but you're right. That mm-hmm. was still, you know, post dashboard, post Jimmy World. Like it just got right. to be this frenzy and something like Bear vs Shark on a hardcore label. When the indie rock god should have, like, the punk god should have been all over it, just seem how yep. just sort of like, I don't know, dissipated. Yep, yep. The the it it, it kind of you know like Cap and Jazz I think kind of suffered the same fate where it's like they should have been absolutely taking off and doing like everything, yep. but they kind of just dissipated. But their influence still 
is far and wide, you know, like all yeah. the bands want to sound like them, but for where they were at their time, they were respected, but it wasn't like they were the biggest thing on the block and the next thing to come up in the scene, you know, it was just like, they were a cool ass band that people really liked. Right. And that was it. <laughs> no, it's, Which, it's funny too, with like, you know, like American football, no one paid attention when that yep. record came out in 99. If you listen to yep. Matt Lunsford's interview that I did, like he was just like, uh, put it out and no one really cared. <laughs> yep, that, that that was the end of it, you know? And it then just, oh, fucking there it is. internet nerds found that song. <laughs> yeah. And now it's a meme exactly. for life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, and I think that's it's kind of happening now with with Cap and Jazz a little bit, you know? Cause, like, really? Tell me. They're, they're, like, like, there's a couple of bands that are kind of coming out that are like very Kevin Jazz, like Ogbert the Nerd. Have you heard Ogbert the Nerd? No, tell me they're, about them. They're they're kind of a newer band. Um, we played with them in New Jersey. They're from New Jersey. Very Cap and Jazz inspired for sure. But they like combine it with like 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 more group vocals, more like kind of like poppy hooks and stuff. But like they definitely have that like crazy energy. And there's another band called the See Through Person. Which is inspired by Glockamora, but also has a bunch of like cap and jazz energy and is like like I feel like things are leaning faster and faster now, which I really like and which I was really looking to see when we were making the album. It's like, you know, we're playing with all these bands and they're emo bands and they're good, but like where where's the energy? You know, like I want the energy and I'll I'll make yeah. a band with the energy, you know? And Dude, you and I, man, if we were yeah. in high school, we would have been, we would have been in a band. Um, you yeah. been like, why, is yeah. the t- why does the teacher want to be in a band with me? No. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, it's funny you talk about the Captain Jazz thing. Cause I remember interviewing modern baseball and them mm-hmm. going like, like I had to like, they didn't, they weren't into this stuff. Like yeah. it was almost like they were like, uh, I just kind of happened. And, and it just, so to hear that, like someone found mm-hmm. Captain Jazz and there's, kids out there that are like obsessed with it like i was and i right. even found it after right like yeah, that, that must and, that says something about that record that i don't think is talked about enough yeah it's it's like um i i actually heard that same thing that that you're talking about with modern baseball with some other bands like there there are some bands that were like i don't really listen to any like old emo i just listen to i just listen to the new revival stuff because that's what i like right and i'm just like that's crazy to me, you know, like that's, that's wild, but it's also, you know, it kind of makes sense because it's like, that's where you're nearest. So Mm -hmm. that's where you get your influences from. But like, as opposed to like someone like me, who's like just digging through the back catalogs and like looking for like all the cool old shit that was happening. And it's like, you've never heard them before. Like go listen to them. They're cool. You know, (laughs) it's awesome. It's, it's just, it's just crazy to see like the range of influences that's happening for like the current like wave of bands that's gonna happen. And I know people are saying like it's a fifth wave, like, but I I, <laughs> I don't really know. Like I don't really know what to call it. I, I I mean I feel like we definitely have elements of like old stuff, and we're trying to combine it with some new ideas. But like we're hoping to really flesh out like the newer ideas on like the next record. But like this one was definitely like an homage to like what we like you know like gang that was kind of yep yep that was the intention you know it wasn't we weren't trying to like like create something that's completely like outside of everybody's wheelhouse like uh you know the band glass beach yes yeah 
like like what they're doing is like they're taking like emo and just being like let's literally make it a musical and let's introduce like electronics and let's let's do all this stuff that's crazy and that's never really been done before in emo adjacent records and let's let's just make it happen whereas like we're like let's kind of take what's good and like polish it and polish it and polish it until it's sounding amazing you know so i think it's like that's kind of the two directions that they're going is like people that want to really really like like hammer out the classics into something that's new and fresh because it sounds so well performed and then other people that are like let's just go balls to the wall crazy with it and make something entirely different that nobody's ever heard which i think is really cool because it's like it's two completely different mindsets but somehow they they join together in this cool fusion and they have they still have a meeting point on the bed diagram basically alex i hope you have a good rest of your night man thank you for the time yeah absolutely thank you man i really appreciate it